Uh, this guy is called the Standing Streamer. never hear there we go that yeah, much better welcome everybody to putting you over i am the standing streamer hello uh the blowout man how's it going what's going on thank you wally the green monster for the host and the sub so the beer city bruiser should be stumbling in here any minute and uh if you've never seen well we had his tag team partner brian malonis of the bouncers on a couple a week ago maybe i think yeah, a week ago. A week ago. And if you've never seen the bouncers, go to ringofhonor.com. Uh, check them out. I mean, hell, if you really like Ring of Honor, just sign up for their honor club. And they're doing a whole bunch of stuff, especially now to keep people still relevant and stay, stay up there and afloat while they can. Um, mm-hmm. If our interview didn't fall apart with Thunder Rosa, when I told her she looked exhausted, nothing's going to fall apart. And here is the beer city. Oh my gosh! I gotta. I'm gonna walk around. I'm gonna pin his video, and then we're gonna get this going. Oh, nice! Uh, I got it when it first came out, what twenty some years ago, and it's been like my favorite shirt ever since then. As you can see, it's old. Son of a bitch! Keep talking, Vanessa. Uh But I got I got an actual ad in ECW show that I got to watch him wrestle at. So. Oh, nice. See, I miss kind of like, I don't know, I think I might have been too young for ECW. I kind of miss that boat. Yeah. That yeah, was right in my wheelhouse. This is what made me fall in love with, like, wrestling, because it was the first real feud I got into. Oh, nice. And I got into, like, Dreamer after, like, when he joined WWE, and he didn't love WWE. So that was when I loved Dreamer, but I guess he didn't love it, so... <laughs> Yeah, he, he's always, like, been one that I like, him and Raven, and now it's cool because now they're, like, both my friends, so. 16-year-old me's happy. There you go. <laughs> nice. If you could go circle. back in time if you and tell yourself, hey, when you get older, you're going to be friends with Dreamer and, and Raven. 16-year-old yeah. Bruiser would be like. 
Yeah, my, my wife asks me that stuff all the time. If something big happens in my career, she's like, can you, can you imagine going back and telling 14-year-old that? And I'd be like, no, I can't. <laughs> I don't believe it. How you doing tonight, sir? Good, very good. Awesome. What you drinking? Yingling Light. Oh, you got some Yingling, huh? I got my wife for our anniversary. Two of my students went out to Philly to train with Cheeseburger. Yeah. And yeah, uh, finagled because our anniversary is coming up next week. I think it is two weeks. How long? And she finagled them. Uh, we've been married ten years. Oh, awesome! And so she she talked to them and they brought back uh, two, four, six cases of beer for me. Oh. I gotta get. It from- sounds like a Canada trip to the states. <laughs> Canada doesn't have any good beer. <laughs> I have to get from friends like that. Ouch! Hurt. Yeah, he might have a point though. I can't think of any good Canadian beer. I've I've tried most of them and I still haven't found one. <gasps> I'll keep trying. We we were um. Good whiskey. We do. We do have good whiskey. What do, what do you drink up there, Vanessa? What what is your? You said hard cider, right? Yeah, we like yeah we have a good like local hard cider, and we have like a couple good craft breweries here. Um, Canadian, I don't, Keith's probably a decent one. I don't know, Nova I Scotia. Had, I haven't had craft beer up there yet. I've only had like the big ones, so yeah. I, I'm interested in trying a craft beer. Yeah, yeah, there's some good ones around. Like I can only speak for where I am at, but, um, we were just discussing before you came on, we had your tag team partner, I I think a week ago on this show. And he was telling us a story, um, how he was in the ring with Cena and Vince McMahon rolled in and raised his hand and then took the, the F you by Cena. And I'm like, wow, man, what a great McMahon story, you know? in an independent wrestling ring at an event. Like, you never see that. So when I was learning about you for tonight's show, you actually also have a very interesting McMahon-ish story, um, and it relates with your uh, appearance in the WWE. I think it was WWE, maybe F at that time. I don't remember. uh, With the Simon Dean uh, spot. It, where McMahon wanted to say the chops on your chest were gonorrhea. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. So what happened was the whole, that whole, it was uh, like the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I had shows where I was with Chris Candido the whole time. I wrestled him every oh, night. Yeah. And so he just chopped me like you wouldn't believe. So by Monday, I mean, I was bleeding on those days. So by Monday, you know, it's all scabbed. If you watch the video, you can see yeah. his handprints on my chest. Yeah, and, and uh, they were trying to figure out what I should wear because um, I'm a plant. So they yeah. should we give him a, I think Survivor Series was coming up or something. So like, oh, do we give him a Survivor Series shirt? Do we give him a WWE whatever shirt? Uh, what do we do? And they had to go talk to Vince about it. And that was my first time meeting Vince. Wow. So like right away I'm getting like, oh, okay, we're, we're doing this, huh? <laughs> like my first time here and I'm actually meeting him. And uh, we go and we talk to him and, and he says, well, let me see. So I undo my or actually I had a workout shirt on so I lift up my shirt and he goes oh I'll just call it gonorrhea and you could see everybody in the circle kind of look at him and want to say something to him but nobody said anything you know what I mean yeah. and it's like well would okay. you say something to Vince I wouldn't oh god no I I introduced myself shook his hand said yes sir no sir like I, 
That was the low. It was it was me, Vince, Michael Hayes, Simon Dean, and Sergeant Slaughter were the ones that were all there. Oh so. man, that's funny. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you're right, Vince. It does look like gonorrhea. Good, that's great. Let's <laughs> go with that. Well, after Vince left, Michael Hayes looks at Simon and goes, "That's that's not on your chest, is it?" And, and Simon's like, "No, Michael, it's not." <laughs> oh, that's funny. And uh, Mr. Anderson, uh, yeah, Mr. Anderson from the WWE, uh, Ken Anderson, he helped you get that spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How, yep. How'd that come about? So um, before. Um, before the, the raw and stuff, we, like I said, I was doing shows with Candido and stuff, but yeah. for a couple months before that, I've been trying to drop weight. Cause you know, you gotta remember back when I started and stuff, it was all a body guy business. Like you had to be six, four, 230 pounds of like pure muscle. Yeah. So there was no room for a fat toothless guy. And so I was doing best to drop weight and we got to one of the shows and a, and a buddy of mine who actually was, he was helping me with my diet and stuff like that just started commenting how fat i looked and like <laughs> man you look real fat today I'm like what are you talking he's like man look how fat you are and for like an hour he's doing this to me like, oh look how fat you are and i'm like what what is your problem and finally he goes man you're just so fat today and ken looks up from he was in his bag and he looks up in his bag and goes oh yeah and he runs off my buddy goes you're welcome and i said welcome for what you've been making fun of me for the last time about how fat i am i'm actually down weight and all yeah. that ken came back and he's like hey uh you want to be on raw on monday and i was like well yeah he goes well here's tommy dreamer's cell phone number give him a call and this is the first time i met talked to dreamer and i'm like okay so i gave dreamer a call and he's like how much you weigh what do you look like and i sent some pictures and he's like all right you know go with ken he'll he'll walk you through it and that's how it all happened so and it's funny because uh since i was with ken call time was like one o'clock for the extras and I get there and I, I meet Simon and doing all the stuff. And there was actually another guy that was supposed to be there too, but he didn't show up till four 30. Huh. And when he showed up, he was wearing a polo shirt with a mustard stain with gray sweatpants <laughs> and just stunk like onions, like just stunk. <laughs> and so Sarge brings the other guy up and now mind you, I've been talking to, to Nova for a while, Simon Dean yeah. for a while. And uh, he brings the other guy up and he goes, Slaughter goes, uh, well, Nova, you have a choice between this kid or, or this kid. And Nova looks at the other one and goes, I'll take this one. <laughs> I'll take the kid that doesn't smell like up. onions. <laughs> yeah. And it was, so then the other guy went around and was asking for autographs and stuff backstage. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen him since. Yeah. So. yeah. Like backstage at big events. So. Yeah. Right. Uh, you mentioned something in there about, uh, you know, a, a fat toothless guy. And I, yep. I did a lot. I was learning about you all day today when I was out in the, I was throwing softballs to my daughter. Um, <laughs> she's, your daughter's big in a softball too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she is. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she started varsity last year as a oh, sophomore. Nice. Uh, this was supposed to be her junior year. Oh. And obviously with, with yeah. COVID and stuff, but we, uh, we spent the time getting her ready, you know, doing her camps and stuff. Yep. And we filmed uh, college videos, college recruiting yeah. videos, and she sent them out. Her goal is ASU, Arizona State. Um, she sent them the video and a bunch notch. of other colleges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She aims high. She learned from me. Yeah. You aim high and, and hope to, you know. Good. Yeah. So. What position does she play? She plays catcher. And oh, then, um, get out, really? Yeah. Yeah, and she's also – she's the power hitter of their team. Yeah. She had the second-best batting average on her team last year. And uh, she's just all power, man. Like, yeah. 
the, the coach said as long like she was worried because they had another catcher tryout this year yeah. for for the team when they did tryouts and the coach said don't worry you're no matter what you're on my team i can't lose your bat yeah and right. I, I told my daughter like hey that's a good thing you know yeah. Yeah. she's a brick wall behind the plate but she's a powerhouse at, you know hitting so that a keeper that a keeper in the game in the lineup and on teams for yep. sure um yep my my daughter's a little younger she's 11 but she's been playing since i could get her to hold a bat and yeah. uh she her primary position is catcher too which is weird it, it's interesting uh she loves it and it, it's funny how it came about because during her t-ball we none of the girls you know it's t-ball nobody wants to put that yeah. gear on and catch and my right. daughter's like i'll do it and then yeah. the next year she's like i'll do it and then then my mother bought her uh you know gear for her birthday because her birthday's in june and she's just that's where she is now behind the plate uh, I teach her all the other positions as well, uh, but it's it's like a it's a whole thing softball. <laughs> it's an in- yeah, her her secondary position's like third. Yeah, and uh, she she's got she got great arm, yep. and she hates it because for some reason she likes behind behind that plate and yeah, getting abused. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, it's funny though because my daughter, like they'll put her in in center sometimes because she's fast, okay. but. She's all they also play her at third, and my daughter plays extremely close at third base. And I told her, I was like, Look, you're gonna play that close at third base, you got to be ready, your reaction's got to be good. She's like, Yeah, it's it's a lot like catching. The closer I get, it's like catching because the ball comes in fast and she's got to react and then throw it. And I'm like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, my daughter's got such a powerful arm that we uh when we were filming her recruitment videos, it was me and my wife and my daughter. So we had set up, um, like bleacher, not bleachers, but like, uh, benches set yep. up so we could set the phones on there to record them. Yep. And she over, she threw it to my wife who was on first and she overthrew it. She hit the bench and she ended up denting the bench. And now oh. the bench is a good, yeah. so third to first, I don't, I don't know how long that is, but the bench was a good 10 yards behind first. And she dented it like yeah. real bad. <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe nobody will notice. That's probably. Like, but I said, that's the power yeah. you have in that arm. That's what they're looking for. It's like 50. Yeah, go right over to that bench and show them. Look, she just dented this bench from like 50 <laughs> feet away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So where was I? Where was I going before I got off on that softball? Oh yeah, yeah. So that toothless. I yep, toothless. So I I was out pitching to my kid, um, who also loves to hit. But I was pitching. I was listening to some some other podcasts and things. And you always mention. You know, toothless. You did a whole biting gimmick uh, thing. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't bite. I don't have teeth. But something I've never heard you say or talk about, and maybe you don't want. I don't even know the story. Like, why don't you have teeth? So, okay, this is. I'm. I'm surprised you're the first one ever asking that. Um, I was in a wrestling match. I want to say it was my third match ever as a professional wrestler. And uh, we were wrestling in front of three people paid, three. Wow. But I just wanted to wrestle, you know, yeah. I'm third match in. And it was some reason we were doing a hardcore spot. And the, the spot was supposed to be, I, I go through a table and uh, that's the end of the match. And, and I'm going through the table and this guy comes over with a chair and just starts hitting me with a chair. And he stands over my face and he was aiming for my throat, but he came straight down on my teeth. 
Mm. Not once, but twice. Oh. And it ended up shattering my front teeth. Not knocking them out, shattering them. Yeah. And mm. uh, I've only seen the video once since then, but the sound it makes makes yeah. me like physically nauseous. Yeah, like um, I don't even want to talk Yeah, about. like a buddy of mine has it on, on v- VHS. That's how old it is. And he showed my wife one time, and she she's like, that is a disgusting sound. And I said, yeah. It turns out the guy was high on heroin oh my lord before going in you know what i mean so like he wasn't in the right mind he shouldn't have been in the ring or you know he shouldn't have been in there so i get in the back and and i look in the mirror and i smile and my two front teeth are just shattered if you picture like a a car window the front windshield you hit it with like a baseball bat it doesn't it doesn't crack it just shatters so i end up going to the emergency room and the best they could do was just pick out um the, the, the teeth, yep. the roots and stuff were still in there. This happened on a Friday. There's no dentist office till Monday. Yep. So I had to sit with just jagged pieces of teeth till Monday when I could get them taken out. And that was it. Now it's funny because uh, like I met my wife, you know, with no teeth. Um, my, my son and my daughter know me with no teeth. Yep. And I threaten all the time that I'm just going to go get my teeth fixed. And I get yelled at constantly. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah, dad doesn't have teeth. You want to be, yeah. Teeth? I used to have those flappers that you could yep. put in, and yeah. my daughter would physically reach in my mouth and pull them out because she doesn't like me with teeth. Yeah, get rid of them. So, do you like use a mouth guard now at all? Like when you wrestle, or you just whatever? Nope, nope. I'm whatever. I've had other teeth knocked out. I had one, I had a back molar knocked out where uh, a guy clotheslined me, and it was my fault. I was wearing a mask, and I came up the ropes, and the mask turned, and I put my head down. Oh. And he clotheslined me in the jaw and it knocked my molar out. And he, he's going down to pin me. And I go, hold on. And I spit my molar out. He goes, is that a tooth? I'm like, can you grab that for me? <laughs> Put it in his pocket. We forgot about it. And then I had Vincent rip one out in Milwaukee because it was loose. I'm like, so rip it out. Take it out. I need it. Yeah. Yep. So we did that in Milwaukee. And yeah, I've lost a few teeth. <laughs> I don't mind. Well, yeah. you said. I mean, that's a great... I mean, it's not a great story, but it's interesting. And I was surprised because I, I never heard you say anything. But man, that's scary. So he was on heroin. Like it could have been yeah. a lot worse. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. It, and I, I didn't know that because like, here was my third match in. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to be a wrestler. I'm finally a professional wrestler, done with training. And the guy that broke me in, Trevor Adonis, he's the one that said, he said, wrestle for everybody because you need as much experience as you can. Yep. And this company used to run every weekend, three, four times a weekend. They never paid anybody and they never drew anybody but and he literally told me he's like wrestle for them now till the nice the good companies come because they'll get all the crap out and then when the good companies come and that's how i kind of started was wrestling for this crap company and then bigger companies the promoters would come to make fun of these these shows and they'd see me and be like hey we're gonna book you and that's how i got all my bookings but uh i learned real quick you know when, when you can't trust everybody trust is a big part of professional yeah. wrestling and and i've always been straight in all of my matches you know, as much as beers I drink and stuff like that, I know my limit where, yeah. all right, got to gotta wrestle soon. Um, it's funny. I don't know if Brian ever told you the story, but when he came to Milwaukee, um, we have a thing where in the locker room, we just, we just drink beer. Yeah. And Brian and I are just, he gets off the plane and we just start tying one on. We get to the building and everyone's giving us beer. He puts the beer down. He's like, man, we still have to wrestle tonight. I'm like, yeah, what's the matter? It's like, I got to slow down. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, slow down then. And then we went and wrestled, and afterwards tied it on again. So that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, you you, t- you take you pause, you go do what you got to do responsibly, come back, yep, crack another one open. Yeah, because um, the other guys trusting you, you know, it's safety. 
your parents didn't allow you to watch wrestling as a kid, right? They did. They did. Right. Yeah, I related with yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. What happened was, um, I used to watch it, um, from like seven to ten. Yeah. Um, and then my brother and I were wrestling, and and I put him through a wall. <laughs> And so that's where my mom's like, oh, no more. You guys are doing this. We'd sneak it. Yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd go to the like local magazine store and buy my comic books. I'm a big comic book fan. And I'd buy the wrestling magazines. And I'd slide the wrestling magazines inside the comic books. And that's how I'd sneak them in the house. <laughs> and then my room was in the basement. So I had my own TV so I could watch whatever I wanted when I went to bed. And I got caught because uh, WrestleMania Six Warrior versus Hogan. Yeah. Um, when Warrior won, I was jumping up and down in my bed, screaming as well as I could. My mom opened the door and was like, Oh, she was like, I guess you're gonna watch it. Yep, so that's uh, let me watch it from then on. That's like uh, Chris Van Fleet, his family didn't let him watch. Uh, we had him on here, his family didn't let him watch wrestling either. He snuck down into his basement, was watching yeah. it, do the whole last channel gimmick. Uh, his yep. dad said it was like porn, it's just like wrestling's like porn, like you're hiding your, your dirty <laughs> magazines. Sneaking down, watching TV. Oh, Do that's... you remember the uh, the old 1-900-909-9900? So <laughs> yeah, me and Gene had to, that. Yeah, I used to call that all the time. And one day my parents got the bill, and they opened the bill, and there's a bunch of 900, you know, it's all 900 numbers. Well, they don't know about the wrestling hotline. They think that it's a sex line. <laughs> so my parents are starting to yell at me, and I'm like, no, just call it. I swear it's not that. Call it. So my dad picks up the phone, and he calls. And you hear me and Gene and all that, and he looks at me, and I don't know if he's happy or disappointed <laughs> because it was all wrestling and not, you know, what they're expecting. Oh, he's probably, yeah, yeah, for your mom, he's like, oh, he's probably like, oh, yep, he's right. It's just a wrestling thing. And then inside of the dad, he's like, oh, man, <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> but my parents are, are some of my biggest supporters now. They've, they've seen me wrestle a couple times. and uh, Oh, that's great. That's they're, great. They're big fans. In fact, my dad, um, so – my first time my dad told me he was happy I was wrestling, I wrestled Honky Tonk Man. Oh. And a little kid threw a full Diet Coke can at me. He hit me in the head and did the match. And my dad's like, man, that kid hated you. Like, that was great. And he loved it. And then you go to Ring of Honor, and, and I, they hadn't seen me in Ring of Honor yet. And uh, so they came in to watch, and Brian and I um, had just started getting over as a bouncer. So, you know, the crowd's yep. chanting beer. And I guess the lady in front of my parents was really talking about Brian and how much he loves us and stuff like that. So my dad's like, well, if you want to meet him, just come with me. We'll go outside and we'll meet him. And so my dad texts me and he's like, hey, come out to the lobby. You know, we want to see you. And I was like, okay, yeah, I got to go that way to get to my room. So Brian and I walk out. And there's my mom and dad. My dad's like, oh, you got to meet this lady. She's a big fan of yours. I'm like, okay, just I'll do it real quick. But then, you know, I want to get away from the, because it's like you, you want to, compress you know you want to yeah. decompress after the shows so i walk over and the lady you know i meet her and i take a picture with her and brian does and then the next thing you know there's more people coming and more people and more people and brian's like what is going on i'm like i don't i don't know turns out my dad went to the end like where the, the merch table was and there's fans going oh there's that the bounces and my dad's like oh yeah that's my son you want to meet him come on over and my dad had lined up a group of people to do like a mini meet and greet with me and Brian. And we're trying to explain to my dad, like, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> we get paid to do this, dad. We don't, do like, we love our fans, but like Ring of Honor should be pissed. <laughs> my, my dad would have charged. 
And I'm like, well, my dad goes, wait, people paid it to take pictures with you? I'm like, yeah, dad, they do that. And he's like, why? You're just you. <laughs> well, dad. This is what I do. Yeah. Uh, now let me go get my eight by tens. Give me 20 apiece. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to, I, w- I want to go back in time a little bit. Uh, you, you trained under one of the greatest wrestlers, if not the greatest wrestlers of all time in Harley race. Yep. And you said something in another interview or podcast that was so like, just blew my mind. There, there are wrestling schools, but where you went for Harley race was like wrestling college. And, you know, um, why don't you elaborate on that a little bit, what you meant? So I I broke in with a guy around here, Trevor Adonis, um, God rest his soul. He passed away. Also, that was a 2019 was a rough year. I lost Trevor in January. Then I lost Harley in August. I was like, Oh man, this sucks. But uh, anyways, um, I always said it was like going to grade school and high school with Trevor. Cause he taught me the basics taught me how to get book character stuff like that then i went to college with harley because harley would go really in depth like you know how to wrestle you know all that stuff i'm going to teach you the other stuff the the business side of it and and how to make yourself um you know like a a a brand instead of just a wrestler you're a brand and how to make now you're gonna learn how to make money in wrestling you've done it enough you know you're good in the ring we're gonna make you a brand and and i learned so much from harley like just talking to him you know, I, I, he'd uh, open the school, you get to the, the school, the office around 10, 1030. And I'd be there right at 10, 1030. And I'd spend the whole day with him. I do chores around the gym and school and stuff. And, and I'd take a break to go work out. We'd go to lunch and, wow. and it would really just ask him a question and then let him talk. And that's the cool thing about all the legends. If you ask them a question, they will talk for two hours on that one question and you can learn so much. And Harley would bring out the wrestling at the chase books and he'd tell me how he booked matches and shows and we'd watch his old matches and he'd tell me why he did things. And I just told a story um, on Twitter actually, where we were doing promos and and Harley's watching us do the promos. No one could really nail the promo. And Harley goes, Nope, Nope, stop. Like, let me show you. And he got up out of his chair. And anytime he got up out of his chair, you knew it was something big because he was still, he was so beat up. Yep. He gets up on a chair and he walks up and he puts his head down for 30 seconds, picks it up, and he cut probably one of the best promos I've ever heard just on the fly. Wow. And he goes, and that's how you do it. And he broke it down for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was college, man. <laughs> you know, I earned my I earned my uh, degree in wrestling from Harley Race Academy. Yeah, you got a master's degree. That's insane. Yeah. You know, um, what was I – I was going to say uh, – Joe Henning was there, right? Uh, uh, Mr. Yeah. Perfect's kid. Yeah, so he had done some training in Minnesota with Brand Renegans yep. and, and Brock Lesnar. And then he moved to Harley's, and he was, he was real, like, they hadn't had much ring time. And uh, him and I kind of got along right away because I'm from Wisconsin, he's from Minnesota. So it's like, hey, cool, we're from kind of the same area. Yeah. And and he'd go with me. When he moved down there, like, we became connected at the hip. And, and we'd go into Harley's office and we'd ask all the questions. And then we'd do just him and I would get in the ring and roll around while Harley watched. And it was really cool because training officially didn't start till five, but we'd be there at 10, 30, 11. So maybe one o'clock, him and I would get in because we want to try some. And Harley would watch and, you know, nope, try this. No, put your foot here. No, do this here. You know, and, and 
it was so sad to see that I was happy when Joe got signed because yeah. you know he's living his legacy. But then it's like towards the later part, you're like, man, guys, just let him wrestle. Like he is such a good wrestler, yeah. you know. And like he had he has great ideas, and and you know I've been talking to him. I talk to him all the time, but like he was just upset because like he'd pitch ideas and they wouldn't use it, and you know. And and uh, we actually just had a conversation about Yingling because um, <laughs> some guy did some work on his uh, his house. And he wanted to buy him a case of Yingling. And he goes, hey, man, that beer you introduced me to. I said, yeah, Yingling? He's like, yeah, where do you get that? It's like, oh, man, you can't get it in Minnesota or Wisconsin. He's like, oh, God, we got to get something. I'm like, yeah. So uh, I texted him the picture of the, the cases my wife got. me. he's like, well, are you going to ship one to me? And no, I'm not. <laughs> no, you're not getting any of this. Get your own. Yep. Uh, yeah, man, they they did. I, I wish they would have done more with him in the WWE, WWF, WWE, but he's doing his thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you're the beer city bruiser and you trained with Harley race who yep. definitely could throw a few back here and there. Are there any insane, uh, Harley race drinking stories? Yeah. So nobody can out drink Harley. Nobody. I know I've tried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh he man there was there's a fourth of july at his house one time where uh all the students went to his con his condo in lake of the ozarks and we all brought a case of beer so there's like 10 or 11 cases of beer we drank that all day and all night we were drinking crown royal um whiskey um and stuff like that and all of us are just plastered and harley was cool as a cucumber <laughs> and then uh i there's a bar down there it used to be called Buzzer McGee's, and it was a great bar because great they always had bar, dollar man. beer night. Any anytime the the Kansas City Chiefs played, the St. Louis Rams played, the Cardinals played, or the Royals played, played, it was always dollar beer night. So of course, as wrestlers, we're four wrestlers, we go there for dollar beer night. Yeah, why not? Well, the original owner I met at Harley used to have these crazy uh, Christmas parties, and it'd just be beer flowing everywhere and the guy goes you know how i met harley i says no how's that he says well one day i opened up the bar and a man walked in sat down says give me your most expensive scotch and so i poured a glass he goes no no i want the bottle <laughs> so the guy put the bottle down and, and throughout the day they drank the whole bottle finished the bottle and the man ordered a second bottle by the time they finished that the guy had to go home the owner and so he's like i need to get home and the man said well i'll drive you and drove him home stone cold sober. And that was Harley race. Wow. And that's how him and Harley till the day Harley passed away. They were best friends. Wow. You know? Yeah. Like I never seen a guy put away as much beer as Harley. And it was nonstop. And it was kind of sad too. And we got to the end of his life. I went, um, I did like a full circle thing where I, I trained there and I got signed with ring of honor. They wanted a ring of honor rep at the, uh, the week long camp. So ring of honor sent me and it showed, I kind of went full circle. Yeah. And Steve Carino was representing WWE there. And Steve and I go way back. Steve's kind of like a mentor to me. He is a mentor to me. And Steve goes, man, I just want to, you always tell a story that having a beer with Harley. Like, I just want to have a beer with Harley. I'm like, well, we'll find out if we can. But he was so far along mentally and stuff, they wouldn't let him drink a beer. Oh. So I'm like, well, let's find out what he can drink. So we ended up having like a Diet Pepsi with him instead. Still, and, yeah. and Carino's like, well, it's something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, uh. I, I've heard other people tell stories about Harley. It just seems like he had a heart of gold. 
you know? Oh, yeah. It, it's some of those stories are just phenomenal. Um, we were all his kids. Like, yes, we yeah. were students, but, but we were all his kids. I've told the story in the past where one time my electricity got shut off in my apartment and it ended up, the bill ended up getting paid. And it was an anonymous payday, and I found out it was Harley. And he never asked for any money back. He never took money out of my paydays. He never did anything. He did it without me saying anything to him, without him saying, looking for it. He just did it because he knew that, you know, I moved away from home to come down there to learn from him. And he's just so kind and so good that, you know, he, he did that out of the kindness of his heart, you know? Amazing. Amazing, amazing, man. Um, <clears throat> How did you get started? There's a, I know how you got started with Ring of Honor, and I think it's a phenomenal, great story, and I, I, I would love for you to tell how you got, you know, went to the yeah. Ring of Honor school. So, um, my wife and I, we were, when we met and stuff like that, my father-in-law um, was like a closeted wrestling fan. He's a big racing fan, and racing, and it's funny, and I didn't know this until I met her and him that racing and wrestling kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, the way everything's run as far as like, I, I watch how races are put together. It was funny because my father-in-law was trying to explain racing to me. He'd use wrestling terms and I got <laughs> it, you know? And I was like, Oh my God. And so um, he would come to all, any show that he could come to locally, I, I, he'd come to and he'd, and he'd watch me and push me. And uh, I get off the road and stuff. My wife was his caretaker. So she'd go, she'd be over there. Whenever I get off the road, I'd always come in. To, to his house because that's where she was and um he'd always be up you know and wanted to talk to me see how it was because he got it because he came from the racing world mm-hmm. um well when he uh he he was friends with carino too and carino and kevin kelly uh, a bunch of these guys are telling me you need to do a ring of honor trial you need to do it they'll love you they're into characters right now they're trying to redo stuff that they, they would love you and I was just like, man, I don't know. I just got back from Harley's. I'm kind of like a big fish in a small pond here. So I was doing indies. I was booked every weekend. I was yep. doing indies. I was kind of, you know, half living the dream, I guess. Yeah. And I just, I, I said, I didn't want to do another camp because, you know, they're so stressful and nothing ever comes. I just, I don't want to. And, and I want to spend the money on it and all that. Well, we lost him in 2013. Uh, he passed away and, and in his will, he had left money aside and the only way that we could touch that was if i used it for the ring of honor tryout camp it was enough to cover the tryout camp a flight a rental car and a hotel wow and so in 2014 uh, i ended up signing up for it and doing it and i remember telling my wife before i left like i don't want to just be a guy at the tryout camp like i want to be the guy like i want to be the guy that everyone's talking about at the end of that camp and it's funny because we had just found out about Yingling. My wife and I had found out about it on our honeymoon. We had to wait to take our honeymoon. And yeah. we took our honeymoon to Gettysburg. And we ran into a couple that's from the same town we're from. And the guy was like, have you tried Yingling yet? And I said, no. And he says, trust me, dude, it'll change your life. So that's how I got introduced to Yingling as we found it then. So when I landed that first day for the tryout camp, I went and I bought a six-pack of Yingling. There you go. And I put it in my yeah. hotel refrigerator. And I'm like, I'm not touching that until the end of it. That's my reward. If I do good, I get that six pack, you know, kind of like yep. a, a kid, like, Hey, you're good. You get a candy bar, you know? Yep. And I did the camp and and that's all they talked about. In fact, the, the second day, um, they do a thing where they tell you yes or no. Um, yes, you're ready for TV. If TV was the next day, would you be on it? 
uh, yes or no. And I had wrestled Will Ferrara in a, in a tryout match. And it went so well. It was the first time in tryout in the camp history where all the coaches said yes, unanimously. Wow. Yeah. And then that night, uh, Hunter um, Delirious, the booker, pulled me aside and says, you're going to be in the top prospect tournament. I'm going to email you the dates. You know, you, you killed it. You were the guy that's camp. So I ended up going back to my hotel room and cracking open that six pack and enjoying nice cold yingling. I called my wife. I was so excited. I'm like, I hope your dad's proud. And so now every time you watch me wrestle on my tape, I write Bubba. And then I have JB on the other hand, his, my kids and his, his grandkids. So my brother-in-law's kids and my kids all called him Bubba. Yeah. And then his name was Jim. So Jim Boyd. So JB on the other wrist. And I always have him with me. And then when Harley passed away, I write Harley now. And then Trevor, I have TA with a heartbreak because he was a heartbreaker, Trevor Adonis. So. Yeah, yeah, I had that. The forever that. immortalized in my tape. I was going to say that. I was going to say, what, is, what are the significance of the name uh, letters on the tape? Yeah, that that story is amazing. Uh, you couldn't touch any of that money. And this was all it was used for. Yeah. Oh, man. He seemed like, I mean, an amazing, amazing man. He was. He's, yeah. he's missed every single day. Um, yeah. He was. We. My wife called him the the father. What was it? The father of wayward souls. Because uh, a lot of the uh, guys that came around here, either their father wasn't in their lives, or they had problems with their fathers and stuff. And Jim would just take him, take them under his wing. Wow. And just be that guy for them. Because because Jim's another one where he just he was the nicest guy in the world. You know he 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 would just welcome you in and if you needed food he'd give you food if he needed shelter he'd give you shelter you know he'd give you the shirt off his back if he he did you know if he had to and he knew the only way i'd do something like that is a big push like that because for years he kept telling me do it you know do it like do this yeah you did it you did it i did it yeah he's up there He's yeah, I remember uh, MSG when we did MSG. My wife and I were after everything was all done. We're kind of sitting there, and she goes, "You know, you'd be proud of you." I'm like, "I hope so." <laughs> you know, we're in the biggest arena in the world, and <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, you've spent some time over in in New Japan, mm-hmm. uh, over in Japan wrestling. What's that experience like? Oh, that was amazing. That's yeah. always been a dream come true. Yeah. Um, Brody was always my, my, like the reason I love wrestling. I got into wrestling was seeing Brody and Brody made a name for himself in Japan. Yes, he did. And then Foley obviously is another big influence of mine and he made his name in Japan. Excuse me. So to, so to wrestle in Cork and Hall where they wrestled, it's just awesome. And then to wrestle uh, Hiroki Goto, they're never open weight champion on that first night. Like he's literally one of the OGs of new Japan. You know what I mean? Like he, he's a legend there and to be chosen to wrestle him and then going out and having the match I had with him was just, it was amazing. And the fans, like the fans over there are so different than the U S U S fans are great, but like they still believe in the sport and they still believe in the characters and stuff. and, And they don't try to, do the dirt sheets and all that. Yeah. So like, but they see, they believe. And, 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 you know, I got them to run away cause I'd spit beer at them. And like after the show, they'd come up and pay me money and beer. Cause they want me to spit beer in their face. And it's like, what is going on here? You know, but it was, it's amazing. I love Japanese crowds. It's so fun to wrestle in front of. And then uh, the second day I ended up wrestling twice on the, uh, just on, on the fly. I was scheduled to wrestle Hanre, um, to Hanre, um, the first match, and that was just the only match I was scheduled in. 
well, Dalton Castle was supposed to rent Trent um, in the main event for the ROH world title, but they were both hurt. This is when Dalton was going yep. through his back issues, and Trent had torn his pec and his uh, bicep. So they needed a, they they needed somebody to fill in, and uh, Gato and Hunter chose me to do it, and I had like twenty minutes to prepare with this match. And I remember going out, Trent going, "Sorry, man, you're doing like everything," and I I got it because you know it's it, they're hurt, yeah. and uh, we ended up going. I think it's like twenty twenty five minutes. One of my favorite matches, my the whole tour was one of my favorite. But uh, when I got done, Gato walked up and, and he I forget what he said in Japanese, but it, it translated to workhorse. Because yeah. in Japan, you don't wrestle twice on one card. You very rarely do. And because I did it on the fly like that, he was really impressed. And uh, we did a happy hour with the Grills of Destiny. And they brought that up. Like, oh, you're that guy. You're that. And they say the name and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what they that's call me. Mean. Grills of Destiny. That is a, a dream match you guys would like to have, right? The bouncers? Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were supposed to do something with them before COVID hit. Like, uh, we are when we went back to uh it was supposed to be after new york they were in the feud with the briscoe brothers and uh they were the champions and we were supposed to wrestle the champions the next night in lowell and the briscoes beat them so we ended up wrestling the briscoes but uh we were told don't worry you're gonna wrestle these guys so then when war of the worlds came up we were scheduled to wrestle them then covid hit and everything went to shit so yeah. it's like okay but uh you know, we were supposed to do the Bullet Club beach party with them. We were supposed to play beer pong against them. Like, we were supposed to do a bunch of stuff. So, with our happy hour that we do, uh, I reached out to Brian. Like, what if we got the gorillas on here? Like, we literally want to talk this match into existence. So, every chance we get, we're like, yeah, we want the gorillas of destiny. So, I reached out to them on Twitter. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'd love to do it. And Toa, Toa longer, uh, or Toa doesn't usually do stuff unless New Japan tells them to do right. it. And he's like, you know what? I'll do it, you guys. That's cool. And, and we're like, are you sure? He's like, no, that's cool. You guys are cool. And before we got rolling with everything, we're telling them, they're like, no, we, we want to work you guys. And we're like, yeah, we want to work you. Like, we don't care if it's in America. We don't care if it's in Japan. We just think it's going to be a hell of a match, you know, and, and they're real excited and we're so excited. So hopefully when we get back to everything, we can wrestle. Um, have you picked up any new uh, traits or skills during COVID that you can use in or out of the ring? Yeah, I've uh, learned how to edit videos. So when you <laughs> look at you our happy hours and stuff yeah. like that, that's me editing. Nice. Um, I'm editing those together. And then my, my wife and I have both been learning together. So, like, um, I did a video a while back where I surprised my parents um, on a trip. And that was my wife editing it. And then we did the, I don't know if you saw the bouncers with their babysitter babysitting tips on YouTube. We have that. <laughs> that was her and I. And, and then uh, the one where Vinny and Salem and stuff. And, and so I've, I've be, her and I are, are learning how to edit videos and stuff like that. Cause we wanted to, I wanted to stay relevant during COVID. And since yeah. I can't wrestle, I might as well do something online. And we had the happy hour came about actually when we were still wrestling, Brian had brought it up because we were both pretty banged up and we still wanted to be on TV, but we couldn't really bump. And Brian's like, what if we did like a talk show segment where like we're at the bar and we're talking to people and yeah. just, it never goes right. I'm like, ah, dude, let's pitch it. So we pitch it and they're like, that's good, but we're starting this. So let's wait. So when COVID happened, we reached out to the creative and we're like, Hey, can we try that? And they're like, you know what? Give it a try. If it gets good, you know, views, we'll keep with it. So the first one we do a session launch and it had the second highest rate, second highest views on all the uh, social media. Wow. 
and they're like, keep doing it, keep having guests. So every week we just came up with more and more guests. And I think our Gorillas of Destiny is probably the biggest one that we've had so far. It's just huge, you know, but it was just trying sounds, the best we can to yeah, stay relevant. Exactly. Man. It sounds great. <laughs> uh, why don't you explain to the people in Twitch and when we push out to YouTube where they can find that happy hour? It's on Ring of Honor's YouTube page. Um, every Tuesday, the new one drops. Um, and then I'm adding all the old ones to the Beer City Bruiser YouTube page. Um, I'm waiting for them to get to, so I just put the session off one. I start, I'm starting all over again on my yeah. YouTube page. So uh, either ROH YouTube or the Beer City Bruiser YouTube, and you can catch those. And, and they're awesome. Like, they're fun. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to put them. It's just us being it's us being us trying to interview people and it fails every time <laughs> yeah it's it's literally what i do here i try <laughs> to put on a show at yeah. a bar usually and uh yeah. it usually uh fails in some sense i mean this past what what day did we have thunder rosa on vanessa tuesday saturday oh saturday, saturday. so saturday we had thunder rosa on, on uh, again for the second time uh, it was our 50th episode, and I open up, I open up the the interview with, oh man, uh, Thunder, you look exhausted, and <laughs> I guess I guess you're not. My wife told me, Vanessa told me, you're you're not you're yeah. not supposed you to don't say that you don't say that to women no. see you're the only one who didn't get that memo like how <laughs> well, i don't know and you're man. married too right you just said your wife like yeah, come my, on man like i, I told I, my, I walked upstairs and my wife goes why did you say that i go i don't know yeah. she told me she drove this long way they just got in the hotel she looked yeah. exhausted i didn't know what to say and, yeah, uh, I, I learned real quick things not to say to women because my wife would just kick the crap out of me. But thank God, ten years later, I'm making new mistakes, not old ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it was something I'd like to live by too. Is like I won't make the same mistake twice. Usually, never. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Thunder, if you're on here again, uh, I will not say you look exhausted. I promise. Yeah, ours ours is like the whole idea is that we just we're trying something new and, yeah. and usually it's either the guest hanging up on us or us hanging up on the guest. Like <laughs> it's just so weird. Like the first session, the session moth one is Brian thinking Brian's trying to get a date with session moth. Session moth thinks it's a date with me, and I'm trying to be an interviewer. It does not go well. Oh, it's great. That is great stuff. Um, something else I I had learned about you, um. You are a Pearl Jam fan. Huge. And Huge Pearl when Jam. I yes. heard when I heard that today, I was like, this is great. He loves beer. His daughter plays <laughs> softball. He is a huge Pearl Jam fan. We're not going to talk an ounce of wrestling. Have you seen Pearl Jam live? Because when I heard yes, I you, have. you have, when I heard yep. you were a Pearl Jam fan at that time, I don't think you had seen them yet. Or maybe you did. I don't know. Um, but they're great. Uh, me, yeah. I've seen them probably uh, twenty-five times. Yeah, I see. I've I've only seen them like two and a half yeah. times. Yeah. Um, they were they were the band that was always cursed for me. So like back in the nineties when they were really yeah. big, I'd get tickets, but something would happen. Like oh. one time, I left the tickets in a glove compartment of a car. My parents took it to my grandparents' house, which was like four hours or three hours away. One time, I had to ex burn the tickets in front of me. Oh my god! You know, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. I, okay, I seen it three times because then there was one time where it was uh, we have this big big festival here in Milwaukee called Summerfest, yep. and they were headlining. Yeah. 
and it was them with Tom Petty and uh, a, a buddy of mine, Angel Armani, who's, who's a nice guy. He, he messaged me. He goes, I know you're a big Pearl Jam fan. I have two extra tickets. Do you want to go? And I was like, sure. So the girl I was with at the time, she's like, all right, we're going to go. And she's like, you excited? I'm like, I'm not excited. Like, I, I will not be excited till I see Eddie Vedder walk out on the stage. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, so we're there, and she's like, he gave us the ticket. She's like, you have the tickets in your hand. I'm like, doesn't matter. Something could happen. Like, I, I'm just that way. We get to our seat. She's like, well, now we're at our seats. Look, the opening band just played or whatever. And I'm like, doesn't matter. Like, until I see Eddie walk out. Yeah. You know, and then like Stone comes out, Mike McCready comes, and she's like, "Are you? Are you?" I'm like, "No, Eddie's not on stage yet." And then he walks out, and I'm like, "Okay, now I'm okay." And to this day, like my wife's taken me three times now, and every time she asks the same thing. She's like, "You're excited? Not till I see Eddie. When Eddie gets on the stage, it's officially a Pearl Jam concert." It's true. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're great. I uh, we had tickets for them, two shows, and then COVID hit. So hopefully those will get rescheduled. And there is a festival in New Jersey. And shame on me, I don't remember the name of the festival, but they're they're going to be there. And that's been scheduled for next year. And hopefully we'll get to see them again. Uh, I have uh, my Pearl Jam stories. I, I mean, I've seen them. I'm a big baseball fan, big uh, Boston Red Sox fan. And I saw them at Fenway Park now four times i think and it's it's great uh the last time my wife heard her we brought my kids actually uh i, I introduced my kids to pearl jam uh they fell asleep halfway through <laughs> the second set and uh but they enjoyed it my wife hurt her ankle and we were able to upgrade our 10 club tickets to better tickets we were literally on uh stone side of the stage like front row and is amazing yeah we had the one time we went we saw like the fourth concert in some drunk guy rolled down and ended up me and my wife in the back so we ended up having to leave oh she felt so bad i'm like well yeah and i was mad but you know it happens and then uh the other times we saw him we literally stayed till the lights went out of the building you know what i mean like you don't know because they do the, the PJ 20 tour, they did like four yep. encores. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And and you're just, you can't leave. And then my kids make fun of me with Pearl Jam because it's on the oldies station. So like, <laughs> oh yeah. Hey dad, yeah. that's the oldies. Like, cause, cause my two, my two bands are Pearl Jam and Tool. Mm-hmm. And uh, they always make fun of me because, uh, you know, come on to oldies station here. So my kids are making fun of me, but yet they can sing every single lyric to every single song. So I don't care. <laughs> Have you get gotten to see tool? Yes, actually I saw them twice. Um, that, those are, they're driving. hard to see. They're amazing. They're very hard to see. Yeah. And so when fear inoculum came out, yeah. my wife tried to win tickets and we were trying so hard. We couldn't get them. And it turns out they were on, um, they were in Kansas city. And it just so happens that I had shows that lined up where we could do the shows and then stay on the road and go to Kansas city and see them in Kansas city. So we did that thinking we'd never see them. Yeah. And then they came to Milwaukee one time and the tickets sold out in a couple, like a couple minutes. And I'm like, Oh, there's no more. And then my wife ended up finding two tickets. Um, she has these connections and stuff. And she's like, do you want them? I'm like, yeah. And ended up taking a, a student of mine. His name is Dan Perch. Cause my wife, she's like, Oh, I saw him. I'm, she's not a huge fan. She's like, oh, I saw him. They're good. <laughs> Here you go. But he's a huge tool fan and, and he was always the same way. Like 
man, you can't get tickets for him. And I said, hey, man, you want to come? I got an extra ticket. And to this day, he'll tell you it was one of the greatest times ever because they played the second tour. The second show was better than the first because they played everything. They pe- played a lot of stuff off Fear Knocking, but they covered like the whole yeah. genre, mm-hmm. you know? And I love when bands like that do that. Like Metallica's done that. Pearl Jam did that, you know? Yeah. Like even if they have a new album out, they still play the old stuff, not just the hits, you know? Yeah. The closest I've gotten to see uh, Tool live is uh, I saw a Perfect Circle up in Canada, okay. by the way, and that was the closest I've gotten. But I think Vanessa said you've seen you've seen Tool a couple times, right? Yeah, I've seen Perfect Circle a couple times, Tool a couple times. My husband's a huge Tool fan, so awesome. I get dragged. <laughs> it turns out uh, Adam Jones, the guitar player, is a huge wrestling fan. Is he and, really? Uh, yeah, he's a huge wrestling fan. He was on the Jericho podcast and talked about him big. And I knew he was always a big wrestling fan, big wrestling, horror movie, and comic book fan. So every time I do something uh, wrestling related, I always tag him and stuff, hoping to God he'd like just do something. Because like Maynard's weird, but like, <laughs> yeah, right. Adam's not. That's like uh, Eddie Vedder is yeah. a huge wrestling fan too. Is so he really? Them and stuff. Get yeah. out, Eddie and Eddie and Stone are. Um, there you go, Vanessa. Get him. Yeah. The pen is out. Get <laughs> Vanessa, I swear to God, if you get me either Eddie or Stone on this show, that's it. I'm done. I won't do it. I won't do an episode after that. My my wife will actually go, oh, wow. I'm going to come watch your show now. Oh, man. I, if I could show you, know, you. Go ahead. What's funny about you said you saw Perfect Circle. Yeah. So actually, you saw Tool and Smashing Pumpkins yeah. together because Billy, uh, yeah. not Billy, I. Uh, the guitar player is yep. the old Smashing Pumpkins guitar player. Yeah, he is. I saw them. I saw them in Canada. I want to say probably Montreal. Um, and I saw them with System of a Down. I think that's <sighs> a good man. Yeah, that's a good man. But, and I think maybe I it could have been System of a Down, or maybe it was just uh, the lead singer solo. Uh, I can't remember the lead singer's name. I can't say it. I can remember Serge it. Serge Tarkantian or whatever. Yes, thank you. Yeah. It could have been his solo stuff and then a perfect circle. And then I think it was Nine Inch Nails. If we were up there, it was probably for Nine Inch Nails. I, I've seen Nine Inch Nails 10 or 11 times now. Yeah, my <laughs> wife's a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. My huge. my wife is now after seeing them live. We had uh, we had tickets to – it was Soundgarden opening for Nine Inch Nails. It's before Chris <sighs> Cornell passed away. Mm-hmm. And we got there, and uh, they opened with copy of a. And my wife, from that moment on, was just hooked. And now she's a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. And yeah. it's funny because she she always comments how Eddie gets uglier as he gets older, but Trent gets more attractive <laughs> as he gets older. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, I, the music's I, good. Yeah, my husband had um because we live near Detroit, so my husband had tickets for that Soundgarden show in Detroit like the night before he passed oh. and like we ended up he, he couldn't go so he ended up like i don't know i gave the tickets away to somebody but like yeah and then we're driving somewhere and we hear on the radio and he's like oh he was so mad he was like kicking himself yeah my, my wife's a big static x fan and uh that's like her band and for her birthday i ended up getting her uh static x it was power man 5000 and static x and i, and I got them and like for her birthday and stuff and a week before the concerts when Wayne passed away and she was devastated like just 
heartbroken and like crying and stuff. And I'm like, that's all right. Well, then they just did this regeneration thing. And so for her birthday now, I paid the extra money to get her name in the liner notes. Wow. And for all your young kids, liner notes are on a CD and they say thank you. But anyways, uh, it came with that, a sweatshirt, t-shirt. And she ended up uh, becoming friends with uh, the guitar player who I always murder his name. It's like Kuichi, Kuichi, whatever. It's Japanese. She ended up becoming friends with him and he ended up getting her tickets to two shows around here. And she ended up finally going to see him and stuff. So Awesome. But yeah, I hate when you don't know. I had Nirvana tickets when Kurt Cobain passed away. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, what was the other one that we like? We saw him, and then a month later, he passed. Um, Stone Temple Pilots. I'm not oh. gonna think of his name. Scott Weiland. Scott Weiland. Yeah, we saw him at like a bar. Like there was like maybe 200 people in it, and like then a month later, he passed. Like it was unreal. craziness. That is unreal. Um, I feel like we could talk music now all night. <laughs> I could, I could, I can combine music and wrestling. Where, um. We beat up Firehouse once as wrestlers. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah, we were on a show here. And we were playing a club gig, and the club was attached to the uh, uh, hall that we were wrestling in. And so their green room was our locker room. And oh my God. they didn't like that because they're Firehouse. Yeah. And we're like, we don't care. Like, we're wrestlers. Like, <laughs> you're playing the same building we are, dude. Like, you're just as famous as we are. And we actually drew more than them, you know? So yeah, we ended up getting into a fight with them and then um, stealing, they had a, you know, they have riders and stuff like yeah. that. When their rider was like two coolers of beer and we ended up stealing it from them. <laughs> so I got in a fight with that and then I beat up the get, uh, the bass player from NXS, but that was completely 100% my fault. <laughs> that was 100% my fault. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, no, I was, I remember the next day when I was like, I apologized to my friend. Oh. I was, like it was completely, it was, I was really drunk and it was after a wrestling show and a, a bunch of fans, you know, they're buying me drinks and stuff. And he comes up and he's like, you know who I am? I'm like, ah, oh, you're the NXS guy. And this is when their TV show was on. You remember how they had that yeah. TV show where they were looking for the, the a singer yeah. and the bar we were going to, I knew the owner. So he'd always hook me up with drinks and he was trying to start a new like music scene in, in my town. So having the NXS bass player come to his bar was like a big thing for him. Well, I'm just three like sheets of the wind. I'm gone drunk. And he goes, oh, you're, all these people are getting you some drinks. I said, yeah. He goes, well, you should buy me a drink. I said, why? He goes, well, you know who I am? I says, yeah. The only reason you're famous is because your lead singer decided to hang himself. Oh, my God. And he threw his drink at me. And I threw my drink at him. We got no fight. And I got pulled out. And I'm like, yeah, that was 100% my fault. I should not have said that oh to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, oh. I'm a dick. I ended up apologizing to my friend who was a big NXS fan, apologizing to the bar owner who was also my friend who's a big NX, you know, and it's like, yeah. I own that. What You know, like, not a lot of things I own up to, but that I own up to. That was my fault. Yeah. Oh, man. The devil was inside you that night. It was. <laughs> it was. Um, we're, we're, at the, we're at the end of the show, Beer, uh, Bruiser. Uh, the beer city bruiser it's something i i like to live by i i don't ever like to keep anyone over an hour we have a plenty to talk about you can be on any time you come to my bar anytime you, you want to wear a mask and come you could sit here if you wanted and i'd serve yep. you beer um but what i'd like to do at the end of the show is uh i'm gonna give the mic to you 
You can put over anything you want. You can plug anything you want. We've been hitting commands with links all night, but the, the floor is yours. I will not interrupt. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is Brian Malonis is, is lying when he calls me the Celtic City Bruiser. Um, in fact, that's how we, uh, Vanessa and I, open conversations there. Uh, I hate seltzer. I think it's disgusting. Um, it all happened because of a joke where we were doing, we used to do Instagram live, <laughs> the two of us, and my wife came running into the room and said, here, try this, put a can in front of me. And for some reason, I drink everything someone puts in front of me. <laughs> And I went, oh, my God. And Brian had looked up at it that moment and goes, what are you drinking? And I said, oh, no. And now it's a big joke. So, no, I do not like seltzers. I'm a beer guy through and through. Beer guy through and through. You, Amazing. You can follow me on Twitter at BCB Winchester. Facebook is Beer City Bruiser. Instagram is Beer City Bruiser. Uh, you can go to uh, my Pro Wrestling Tea store, just prowrestlingtees.com slash Beer City Bruiser. My YouTube page, which is Beer City Bruiser. Good job. Uh, go to ROHWrestling.com. Um, you can check out all the happy hours on their YouTube page. Um, if you click on the shop link, they have bouncer t-shirts and really cool Beer City Brew koozies. Keep your beers nice and cold. <laughs> I'm on Cameo. Uh, Beer City Bruiser on Cameo. I'll do a shout out. Now, Celeb, was it Celeb VM? I'm on. I don't know what that is, but yeah, yeah. I think shout it's the out same, again. Yeah the same design yeah and then uh just i interact with those people as much as i can you know i try to be available because without you fans we wouldn't be doing what we're doing and i appreciate y'all and if you see me out and about want to have a beer let's have a beer let's have a beer you're, you're very personable so uh i, I <laughs> thank you yeah it's you're easy to talk to vanessa any final words for our uh, beer city bruiser no, I'm just disappointed. There's no seltzer flavor. That's all. No, well, no. <laughs> seltzer is disgusting. It is. And, okay, and I, in my, okay, I've tried seltzer. All right, my wife likes it. When Session Moth came over here, she had no idea what it was. So I, I had a seltzer with her because she wanted to try it, and it's disgusting. I've tried different flavors. I've tried different brands. It's just horrible, and it shouldn't even be in existence because you think about it. When seltzer became popular, yeah, that's when the world went into lockdown and a pandemic hit. Good point. Joy Jones' fault. <laughs> that darn claw. Exactly. Oh man, um, I, I want to thank you for coming on tonight, giving us your time. Uh, it was a great conversation. I had a blast. Uh, I'll, I I'd love to have you back anytime. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see you guys in a ring soon. Uh, you and Brian. Uh, I saw you guys in NWA. I loved what you had going on and I've, I've been watching your stuff since then, since I've had you both on, I've gone back and watched more things. Uh, I have a new favorite tag team. I, not only do I have a new favorite tag team, but I have spoken to the retro soft mania people because they were looking to add a tag team to their video game in DLC yep. content. And I said, God damn it. Let's get the bouncers in there. Cause that is a video game tag team characters if i haven't seen one so yeah we'd, we'd love to do that we're we're called virtual basement's got a wrestling game coming out we'll be on that yeah like uh they, they did all the, the molding of us and it looks oh, really cool awesome yeah Ooh. yeah we're gonna yeah. have those guys on i've been talking with them vanessa we'll hopefully get them on sometime in the near future uh but yeah awesome it, it's been a great time tonight and uh thank you you know 
Take care. Drink some beer. Go have some fun with your family. And uh, we'll see you around. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. Have a good night. Awesome. Awesome. That was great, Vanessa. Uh, this guy is called the Standing Streamer. Yeah!